and uh yeah you know it was it was it was very sweet very nice to to be seen and 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 heard nice i'll tell you nice. what though yeah what's up Welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome and Brandana Sports Podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 219 for your eardrums. Guys, who's the favorite? Please subscribe, leave five stars, tell a friend, shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. I'm Brandana, and with me, as always, the Maverick to my goose, most awesome. Mm, do I have permission to buzz the tower, my friend? Buzz it, brah. Buzz it, brah. I'm not sure if I've seen Top Gun. Goose, uh, no spo- spoiler alerts. Goose dies, right? He does. Yes, he does. How have you wait? Okay. How have you not seen Top Gun? I know, I know. I'm big. I'm big Tom Cruise. I think I've I've seen bits and pieces, but like a sit down from Highway to the Danger Zone to mm-hmm. In Credits, uh, which I imagine is probably like a motorcycle driving down the middle of the street. Would be my guess. Mm-hmm. High no, five I, of some no. sort. There's some five five plane for sure. Plane. Planes or two. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm there's a, to guess. I, there's I'm a to lot guess of rejoicing the last shot of the film as a lot of people have it's someone here's my guess the very last shot of the film is i don't like him maybe kissing that one girl maybe he just he just lands a not plane. kelly amigos no no, no. Uh, yeah okay, okay, okay. landing big hugs is, oh, it shit, goose, now now. Go- is it goose coming back to life no or reincarnated his his goose is cooked is it, it's over okay it's over for him yeah, uh, yeah that that's the sad part that's that's when he fucking that's when Maverick white knuckles it after Goose is dead. He, he fucking gets he gets zonked out. He gets beaked. He gets freaked out in the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's Val, Val Kimmer does that. Val Kimmer does like a chomp thing, right? Is yeah. That the last shot? No, no, no. That's 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 early on in Top Gun. That's, they sing, that's they just sing when two lost, alphas just They, they sing you've lost that love and feeling. That's the last shot. That's not the last shot either. <laughs> no, you're, 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 you're thinking it's way too much of a big, big thing. <laughs> All right, we have to dig in and see what that last shot is. I can't uh, well, believe you haven't watched this like I know. intently. Yeah. I don't know why it hasn't grabbed me. Like the the next one, I mean, it has like uh, Miles Teller, so it's like it's a little bit of past. But then it has our boy John Hamm, so that's making kind of pulling it back up to like a must see. And then it has Tommy mm. Cruise in his own stunts, which so I don't want to be lost. I don't want to go in there and like need all the yeah. Well, I don't think you need one. to see the yeah. original Top Gun not to get lost. I mean, sure, yeah. 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 It won't, it I'm, won't. Pretty, I'm pretty sure we're just running the same Top Gun back, which is like a different cast. Fine by me. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, but Run it like back. Sort of reboot. Yeah. Uh, how you doing, brother? How's good, man. Good, 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 good. Just traveling for some work. So we're, reco- we're recording this pod a little later than the usual, but, uh, you know, just keeping busy. Guess who's been texting me about where's this pod at? Oh, <gasps> listening right now. I think. So Ooh. my nephew. So he's definitely listening. Oh, it was just no like, shit. he's like, I was like, uh, yeah, like, uh, you know, a pop partner traveling for, he's just like, oh, most awesome. And like, then, What's up? Uh, th- then my brother's just like, when are you going to be coming back as you always do with episode two? Not I'm just like family affair, bro. Uh Oh, this on little road trips, or if they all just kind of gather around on like Sunday mornings, just hear the pod. But I, I do envision it's like, all right, let's, let's turn. Like I envision it like a, like a an, an 1830s type scene where they just got yeah. the fire roaring and yeah. they put the they, they put the iPad up on episode on 219 brought to you by Hendrick's tonic. <laughs> right, right. Hair care. Are you uh, losing your hair? Yeah. So now I don't know. I'm gonna like screen myself now, just thinking with all my like 
I don't know my brother. No, no, no. I'm going to drag you into deep waters. I'm just fucking kidding. It's going to be exactly how it is. Episode 219 is going to be jam-packed, guys. We got ripped from the headlines. We're doing NBA conference final. We're going to hit there that inbox. <laughs> we got uh, it a parenting tip from the inbox. Someone uh, actually hit up the text line with the, with the direct. They need an emergency answer. They need it now. So we're going to have to hit that. Okay. Going to do a Neapolitan showdown. We're doing top things about hotel stays. Hmm. Then we're going to finish, as we always do, with our MVP of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, your hour of power starts right now. Extra, extra, read all about it. I'm talking front page story all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. The headlines there. If you want to be rich, then you better make sure that you got your shit. Oh, come on. All right, bro. Rip from the headline, NBA playoffs. What are we talking about that this week? Because we got to we got to give your relatives a podcast. That's yeah. what we're talking <laughs> yeah. about this week. Bring, 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 we got to. It's just like yeah. now they're texting and demanding it. <laughs> right, exactly. I work for them all of a sudden. How they flipped the script on me? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Well done. Well, we've each, we've each seen at this point, and as we're recording, it's midway through the second quarter here of Game Two of Celts Heat. So we've yeah. seen one game in of each of the conference finals. How are you liking it so far, B? What are you thinking about it? Uh, it's good. You know what? It, it just shows you like you under, or I think maybe you overestimate like what a 14 point, 16 point lead, like in the first like half can look like or what mm-hmm. that means. And I obviously specific because there's two different things. Cause obviously it met all it needed to in that golden state Dallas game, which we'll get yeah. to, but just kind of watching that first Boston Miami game. Like I really, I was just like, Oh, Miami's coming out really fast, but it's just like, man, they just, like Boston is kind of like dominating size a little bit. And it's just like, they're not going to be able to hang with them. And I think they got that 16 point lead in the second quarter. And it was just like, okay, so Boston is just going to like kind of slowly run away with this. Not the case at all. Like no Butler goes off. I mean, they're just absolutely destroyed. I believe in that third quarter, it was like something like 38, 14 or I, yeah, I mean, it, was it, was, it was, yeah, it was, it was 20, ridiculous. 25 point difference in that, in that quarter. Yeah. Cause I think it was like uh six turnovers by, Jason, uh, Jason Tatum. Yeah. Jason Tatum had like six mm-hmm. turnovers. And so it was just like Butler just had his number was just like jumping those passing lanes. And they were just, I was said, it was just like the heat refinance is like, Oh, like I get this. Like they're just so like young and quick and just flying. And especially when you have like Butler there, it was just like, all right, I, I get the heat now. Yeah. It's one of those things where definitely like it was, it was surprising. There was, there's big ebbs and flows on either side of it, but game one was definitely, you know, obviously the Celtics are missing Marcus Smart, Defensive Player of the Year. That's going to hurt. Um, and Al Horford, size-wise, that's going to hurt them as well, too. Al Horford in the, uh, you know, health and safety, like, COVID protocol. So it's like they're down two big rotation players and defensive players and also, like, another guy that's going to spare Tatum and Brown a little bit of minutes defensively and in, in Marcus Smart. So you could see, you know... Um, it would make sense that you could see Miami taking game one, you know what I mean? But you wouldn't have thought that there would have been such like dominant, you know, stretches of the game where the the heat were just chewing them up. Um, and I think, I think it's one of those things where this is the, this is the difference of like a couple factors for me with the heat. And I think we've underestimated the heat a little bit in the fact that like they have Jimmy Butler, who's probably the most, if not one of the most competitive guys in the league. And 
at this stage of the game, having like a little extra will and effort goes a tremendous way in, in the, in the finals. And you've got, you know, uh, PJ Tucker, like, uh, Oladipo who's coming off the bench. These are very intense guys, Dwayne Deadman. Like these guys are fucking, they're not afraid of anything where I think like what you could see in that game one is also a little bit like big dog and a little intimidation factor going on, especially when the, the Celtics in, in, in uh round or uh, quarter three, were just kind of swirling down the drain, right? They yeah. fucking bullied. Yeah. Them. Super, yeah. Super, super lazy with the basketball, just kind mm-hmm. of like, like, you know, that you could see them kind of like drooping a little bit. And it wasn't just like, oh, like their will was defeated. It was just like, all right, well, that was a mistake. And it just kept being mistake after mistake and mistake. It was just like up the intensity, like get your, get your fucking head in. Cause I mean, that honestly, that first quarter and the second quarter, like those were so intense. I was like, Jesus, like someone let these guys know, like this is probably going to be a seven game series. So they might want right. to save a little something in the tank, but I like your point to the heat and maybe they'd be a little bit more of a fan favorite too, or get a little bit more attention if they were like a three seat, but there's something about the number one mm-hmm. and us being like, Oh, not a classic number one that, you know, just heads and tails above everybody else. They were just going to be dismissive of it. So it's almost like we're waiting for that other shoe to drop. And they're just like, fuck off with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're going to be, they're going to be dialed in this whole series. Like we're not going to see lazy passes from the heat this series. We might see them fucking go nuts. Like we might see like an over, you know, somebody like, you know, getting double technicals because they're jawing at a ref or screaming at another player. But I don't think that we're going to see just like an, an out and out. I mean, I'm saying this is they're down 19 right now, but you know, uh, but that could just be poor play. That's not necessarily, I would say, like they only have four turnovers, five turnovers in, in the game. So it's not like they're just careless and loose. They're just, they're just not making shots. And the fucking, the Celtics right now are like 10 of 12 from three pointers. So that's going to, that's going to swing some, uh, some points your way. Yeah. I think the popular opinion also is what you said. It's just like, we all kind of all expected if you painted us like into a corner back against the wall for the Celtics to lose the, that first game just being kind of, you know, mm-hmm. out of gas after their series going to seven. I just think it was going to be like that. And I guess I don't know what I mean by that. Cause I guess, I guess if you just remove that third quarter, if you just give them an average third quarter and lost, like I wouldn't be as fearful for the Celtics in this series. And now it's a little bit closer to a coin flip for me than it was. Yeah. And you know, right now they've got, um, I, I think they have smart bat this, this game, right? Yeah. They have smart back and Horford's actually playing back. So you know, it's, it'll be interesting to see now it's kind of like now from here on out, like I want to measure these teams at full, at full strength, um, going forward. Um, you know, this is going to be, this is going to be a, a coin flip series, right? I mean, this is going to be like, you cannot deny Jimmy Butler. He's just, he's too fucking good. And I think we, we undervalue his like ability to take over games and he's been taking over this whole playoff series. Like he has been probably, you know, we've talked a lot about like Luca and we've talked a lot, obviously like Steph Curry, but he has been the most important piece for any playoff run. You know, he's been way more important than either of those two guys for the heat. He has been fucking everything for them. So do you see it as like, as go Butler there, that is how the heat goes. Oh, yeah. great phrasing that was awesome guys Episode as the butler as the, the butler if, did if it those two two butlers in a hand equals a heat win in the book like, yeah exactly i don't know if you can listen to jimmy but you can't hear jimmy you can't hear jimmy oh yeah, yeah. nice 
There you go, bringing it back. Um, yeah, I know. I definitely think so. I mean, I think like he's the fucking if he's dialed in, if he's making shots, like I think that team plays above their level because probably because they're afraid of letting Jimmy Butler down. So they're just gonna fucking keep going, you know. Avoid his rap. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's hop over to the other game one that was not even close to as exciting. Uh, just no. Golden State pretty much handling it wire to wire. Is this Golden State team like getting dialed in at the right time, or are they, is this just that home Golden State that we're used to? And then like Dallas is going to beat them up when they're at home. Like, how do you see this? Yeah, I mean, I think I think people are going to make a, a much bigger deal about the game one loss by Dallas, which if you look at all of their series, their series, they have dropped each of their series against the Jazz, um, against Phoenix. Phoenix, they dropped the first two, but they have dropped their games, uh, the first games of the series. I, it didn't shock me as much because this, the, the Dallas, this is, even though they beat them three games to one in the regular season, I think like stylistically what they – are trying to do versus what golden state are trying to do are, are very uh you know in conflict with each other right dallas wants to slow it down yeah. they're going to shoot a ton of threes but they want to slow it down and they want luca to like just create and their win players and golden state has probably the probably of the remaining teams is the plays at the fastest tempo they shoot they, they too also want to shoot threes but they also want to get at the rack they want to get to the lane they want steph Pool, uh, Wiggins, they want all those guys like rim running or getting to the rim, getting layups or kicking out for threes. And, you know, this is, this is like a, I'm not surprised that they got beat as bad because when it's not going for the the Mavs, like they're just going to play right into the hands of the Warriors. Right. So it's like they, they took 48 threes in game one we all know if you take deep threes, if you take threes, you're going to get what long rebounds. If you miss long rebounds equal turning out and running in transition. And that's what the fucking, clearly that's what the warriors were looking to do. So Jason kid has, yeah, yeah, Jason kid has been really smart about making adjustments, changing the game plan. And Luca eventually has started to kind of figure things out like in the, in that first, I think first game or second game of that Phoenix series, the Suns were just hunting Luca in pick and rolls repeatedly in the second half. And we thought, this is like, what are they going to do? Well, yeah, Dallas, they number. yeah they, you're, you're, you're not going to be able to stop this. Well, they figured it out and they were able to figure out and still maintain Luca's like efficiency on the offensive end. So, you know, I'm, 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 I'm not like just ready to, to write the, the, the Mavs off in this series. I do think that they need to make some rotational adjustments. And I wonder if they need to play like a guy like Dwight Powell or even like Marcus Chris, somebody to protect the rim. They have no shot blocking. Literally, they are one of the worst shot blocking teams in the regular season in the playoffs. They've been horrific because it's just like they all have guys that can shoot threes and no one really protects the rim. So the Warriors are going to continually try and get into the lane as much as possible. So I'm very interested to see the adjustments in the in game two of how they're going to figure out that. If they can figure that out, that's going to start to limit the Warriors offensively a little bit and play into that, slow the tempo down of the game a little bit. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, that's a great point. And slowing down that tempo is actually what they need and what was feeding into theirs because it was like seen in the third quarter, like Luca loses cool a little bit, like forcing stuff. And like the more he wasn't getting the calls, like yeah. the more he's slowing down a transition, the more the quicker Golden State's transitioning. And he's like, so the next time down, it's almost like he has a vendetta to like try to get that whistle. It just wasn't happening. It's just like against Golden State, that's all of a sudden, you know, this quick eight points, like quick nine points from you just trying to like force this stuff. I mean, that little run, like he was just like really like he got underneath the basket once and he was like he didn't get the call because like the ball and it was just like wasn't even getting back and he was calling for it and then that was after like trying to like shoot a three on a double team this is like man you gotta slow it down a little bit yeah and that's the thing too this is where the experience of the warriors might be will definitely give the the, the warriors the edges because like they know it's like this isn't a regular season game you're not going to get those calls you're certainly not going to like bully the refs into giving you those calls the next trip down unless it was just something woefully egregious like you need to let Jason Kidd, the staff, like you need to let those guys kind of bark for you a little bit because you cannot dog it on the other end. Otherwise, fucking, you know, Golden State will carve you up. And it, like if you watch like Jordan Poole in that game, like his MO was to like get in the lane. Like he is diving to the lane every chance he fucking can. And he was making a lot of them. Here's the other thing for the Warriors. Uh, Wiggins was incredibly aggressive early on in the game. Yeah. which is a player for the Mavs. It's going to be difficult for them to stop. And he is a guy that like conversely, the same way they try and put like Luca or Brunson in the post, like a non big in the post Wiggins is good in the post. He's got a good, like mid range game and he's athletic enough where he can get like pretty much any shot over his defender that he wants. So like if those two things stay consistent for the warriors, I think this might series might be over in six or 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 less because you know but it's hard to bank on wiggins being like wholly consistent through you know six games or that could be over in five could be over it could be over in five for sure could 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 it be over in four uh it can't be over in three could could it be over three oh don't stop bro damn it oh you know let's climb the ladder yeah let's lead it out yeah 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 exactly all right we'll figure out man i'm sorry hey (laughs) to your brother and your nephew out there i'm sorry that was that (laughs) was on me thank you that That one's on me i just gotta gotta know how funny i am i i do want to ask a quick question because this made me think of something so in the locker room, your teammates, if you're the kind of guy that like is always bitching for the whistle, like does anybody call you out and be like, Hey man, like you're fucking us on defense. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that happens a lot. I think, you know, here's the thing is, is you've got to, ha- I mean, I, I don't want to say like, if we look back to um, Miami, right. That big kind of argument that they had uh, on the sidelines with Udonis Haslam and Jimmy yeah. uh, Butler and coach Spo, like, those are guys they're, they're, they're bitching. Someone's holding somebody accountable and it's, you know, it wasn't necessarily the star of that team holding that guy accountable. If you talk a lot about like, or like listen to like anything about like championship teams or championship runs, like oftentimes like some of the like locker room leadership often, rarely often never comes from like the best player. Yeah. The cases of LeBron, I'm sure like, you know, people are the, the Michael Jordans. That's typically how we see it. But oftentimes like a guy like Haslam or a guy like PJ Tucker or somebody else in that locker room who just like is the consummate professional, they're the ones that are going to be the ones like, all right, you got to fucking, I got to pull you in check. Cause at this point you can, no one 
No one is going to do that. It's the same thing that, not to drag Philadelphia through the mud, but it's the same thing that the reason why the 76ers did not work is because Bill or Ben Simmons and Embiid had no one to keep them accountable. So no one was challenging Simmons because Simmons wasn't going to take it from Embiid and vice versa. So they were just running amok. And it, it, you, you need that like consummate locker room guy to like be the OG in the room. Man, I tell you, like PJ Tucker should be a life coach. He tells me to do something, I'm on it. Fuck yeah. Team push-ups, like you got a PJ Tucker. No matter yeah. the trash, you got it. Wash your car. Uh-huh. I'm uh-huh. right outside. Like I'm already the hoses in my hand. <laughs> right. thing. Like I'm on it. Yes, sir. Okay, let's talk about the lottery real fast. Sure. Thing. Uh any big surprises here? I guess uh one of the big disappointments were Pistons were paced to be what three and kind of dropped to five. Potentially they could have been three or one. They could have yeah, they dropped to five. They got ousted by the Kings and yeah, Rockets. Uh, Kings, Rockets. Rockets. So uh, the top down, uh, your top five are Orlando Magic, two are the Oklahoma City Thunder, three are the Houston Rockets, four the Kings, five Pistons, Pacers, Blazers, and then New Orleans Pelicans. Number eight that they got yeah, it was it was the the Thunder that snuck in and beat there. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's why they kind of sneaked this in too. Like it just kind of happened. I don't did, was this on your radar? Like all of a sudden it was just like, oh, like the lottery happened. And I just I don't know, that's right. I, I never remember when it's gonna happen. It always did they they definitely always like they used to do it, I thought, like at like in between games, like in the playoffs, or like this is like a lead into the game. And they they definitely make it a more of a spectacle than what it needs to be, like from uh, <laughs> you know, like bringing yeah. in old players and all that yeah. other stuff. Um, but you know, yeah, it was a bummer. The Pistons are the ones that got hurt the most out of it, getting the fifth overall pick and potentially like a three or four, you know, dominant player draft. Yeah. So uh, how are you seeing it shake out with these teams? In terms of like who gets where? Yeah. Who's picking? Yeah. Um, I really like Jabari Smith, the like 6'10 power forward kind of multi forward um, uh, guy from Auburn. I really like him. Ben Caro, obviously from Duke is, is, is very good. Chet Holgram is the one guy that's like super interesting. I think people are thinking he's going to be this like Kevin Durant esque type player. I don't really see that. Like I actually see him being as like more of like a rim protecting five, like a weak side helper. He's not going to like body up your, he's not going to defend like Deandre Ayton or like Steven Adams. Like you almost kind of have to play him as like a four yeah off and then it'll just get out muscle right it'll just get back back yeah being at like seven one a buck 95 it's 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 for sure um but i i do like him as like a weak side rim protector coming from like from behind and blocking shots and then ultimately like on the other side being like a stretch four like somebody who can stretch the floor shoot threes i think he's gonna be very interesting i think he's the one that has the most like of those three has like the most bust potential or just kind of like he his 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 ceiling is like 12 points and like eight rebounds a game and maybe a block or two but every once in a while he's going to drop like 25 and 13 on you you know what i mean yeah um so i think that's kind of in those three orders jay nivy is also out of purdue interesting like six four wing like that's the guy that i was hoping the pistons could get to kind of put in the backcourt with jade uh, or with kate cunningham um those are those are probably the top four then they get really like speculative right you know you've got some guys um Jalen Duran out of Memphis their 610 center who's just like chiseled I I'm kind of excited by by him 
Um, but I don't know if any of these those guys after that are going to be like franchise changing players. You know, those four might have it in them to to be that. So we just got done with what people would call, you know, one of our weaker NFL drafts. Just as I mean, it's obviously too early to tell now, but just on paper, like it's kind of defined. Uh, Where do you kind of have this? If you had to give this NBA just pool of talent uh, from the college to the level, like what grade do you give it? Mm, I probably will put it at like a B right now, like somewhere in there. You know what I mean? There's going to be, here's the thing is, is like, there's somebody that's going to be drafted in like 20 to like, 36 that we're going to go holy shit this guy like why did everyone pass on this guy you know like checks all the markers you know like plays well athletic you know what i mean like yeah. it's going to be like one da- we're like damian lillard territory or something where'd he go he went eighth overall oh eighth okay yeah but later. but he did kind of come out he was from weber state but he like performed really well in like the draft camps you know what I mean? Like I, I, I find like a like a Malachi, uh, was it Bramford? Bramford? Drink everybody. They get the kid from Ohio. You felt the rest. Like six five, can shoot. You know what I mean? Like could be athletic. Like there's a couple guys. There's a kid out of Santa, Santa Clara that's like kind of interesting. Like there's going to be a few of those guys that are in the draft that are, you know, ultimately I think you're going to get like a good rotational player out of this draft. I don't know, you know, like I don't know if Banchero or like. Jabari Smith are gonna be like set your franchise around this guy. Oh yeah, it was Kyle, uh, Kyle Lowry. I think that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, Kyle, Kyle, Kyle Lowry. Lowry. All right, let's hop over to the inbox. Let me get this straight. Uh, emailer of the pod wrote this in. Uh, Carlos Beltran and many members of the 2017 Houston Astros admitted to cheating, and NBA MLB still hasn't done anything to punish them. From mm-hmm. what I've read. That January 2020, after Major League Baseball fined the club $5 million and docked several top draft picks over the scheme. But none of the players have been punished, and that fucking trophy and championship banner is still flying in the stadium. AJ Hinch even got another job as a manager. Yeah, for the Tigers. What's up, Tigers? Yeah. <laughs> and the only thing they did about it was give the catchers and pitchers a device to digitally communicate signals. Baseball sucks. Uh, so is that punishment served? Like, what do you think about this? Is this going to deter people from cheating in the future? Should more be done? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I definitely doesn't feel like more can be done, but it's one of those things where I think like baseball on a whole is just kind of like, well, if we just ignore it, yeah, not a lot of people pay attention to us anyway. So if we just like, we don't want to make fucking waves yeah. here with this. Cause you're tainting your own product, right? Like if yes. you punish the players for a year, then you're admitting that they did something wrong. And now like, it's a slippery slope. Like, do we have to take that banner down? Like what and if you do take the banner down, then it's just like, Oh, so now this, you know, it's like gambling on sports. It's now like, you got to be super protective of that. If players gambling, cause now it's just like, Oh, is what I'm watching real. And as soon as people are just like, Oh, this isn't the MLB, this is WWF scripted stage people yeah. cheating. I'm going to tune out more than I already am. Yeah. Which is impossible it, for me, but. Right. Right. And it's interesting that you brought up like the gambling aspect of it too, because it's, you know, like forever, they've just been shrouded in like the, the black Sox of 1919, right. The, the biggest major league scandal ever, even though it was now over a hundred years at this point, but obviously too, like Pete Rose, like they've not had great like PR with, you know, players uh, cheating or being alleged in cheating in some way, shape or form. And this is one of those things where it's like, eh, do we file this under and like follow the mode of like uh like spygate and just like all right we'll just kind of let this go and we'll just divvy out a little bit of punishment and keep it rolling like i tend to think they think more of that because if they 
come back and they really lean on and spin players and take banners down. Well, now we're just going to get like some disgruntled Astros, some, you know, uh, uh, I was trying to think of an Astro player, but I can't drink everybody. <laughs> What's the little short guy? Alex Cora, not Alex Cora. What's the short guy? The oh, really uh, short- Altuve. Yes, Altuve. Like Altuve is just going to be like, uh, like at baseball signing events, like signing the thing. Like I did not wear a wire. You know what I mean? Because he was famous. <laughs> yeah. He was like tugging on a shirt. Like don't. You know what I'm saying? Like it'll just be that forever. So I, I, I do yeah. kind of understand where baseball is coming from because, you know, that shit's already hanging on a thread. Hear that, Bing? Get off baseball's ass. Yeah. It's, right, it's got enough. Fucking watch a enough, real sport. Got enough problems going on. It doesn't need you. It's like all up in their face. You know what? They're, they're just happy you're emailing about them. They'll take that. Um, all right. Skyview. In football, a large population of offensive and defensive coordinators choose to sit in the booth so they can have a bird's eye view of the field. Why doesn't basketball or any other sport also use this strategy? Interesting point. I do think that they they do deploy like technology a little bit to like watch some of the stuff on like what they're doing like from film uh, you know i don't think that there's so many in basketball there's so many moving parts that it really takes like a bird's eye to see like all the involvement of every like player and movement the same way it does with uh you know with uh football also too conversely it's like well you know most of the time they're playing man to man so it's like well my guy goes he follows with me so in the NFL, if they're rolling out different coverages, you might see like a play that w- will tip you off for later what they might be doing. Right. In the NBA, it's kind of like they're it's way more reaction and flowing with them. So there's not, I don't see the need to like sit there and be like, oh, last time they did this. Now I, and I'm able to see it because I'm, you know, sitting in the, in the rafters. Yes, it's like totally like moment contingent. Like it's going to yes. just react to that. And your manipulation has to be like seen and knowing how they're all going to be as opposed to like reacting to like what you saw on tape. Yeah, yeah. And Good I would point. say that they do like, a, they do a ton of pre-work now way more than ever. So it's like they studied like tendencies big time, right? So they really yeah. like NBA is way more like probability. Like if he does this, most likely he's going to pump fake, dribble to his right, Cause that's like his spot on the floor. That's where he likes to shoot. And like, you know, the, you've all seen like the, like the heat charts on the floor. Like this is where his like warm spots are. These are where his cold spots are. So they, they do way more of that like preparation. I think almost like in game, you know what I mean? Cause it's not like, it's not like they're being drilled down every step of the way of like, this is what you need to do on every possession. A lot of it's just more intuitive. So it's like, well, let's just think about what that player's brain is going to process in these in these moments and try and defend against that. Even follow. So let's just talk about like uh, tendencies and everything. What do you think about like baseball talking about like eliminating the shift? Does this mean anything to you? I know we yeah, really, yeah. we don't talk about baseball. We don't talk. We don't talk about baseball. No, no, no. That's for the parents out there. That's a little. That's a little Encanto ref right there. There you go, nieces and nephews. Nice, nice. <laughs> Keeping a PG. <laughs> for all, for all, the, all the toddlers curled all around. The toddlers, the exactly. Um, yeah, no, I think it's a good thing because I think the shift, like the shift, was getting ridiculous too, right? Where it's like, all right. Uh, we, we, we fucking get it. Like let's, let's, you don't want, you don't ever want like a, your sport to be paint by numbers, right? It's like they, they do this and this and this, and then that's it. So putting a shift on, it's like, well, this guy can only like, 
when he hits it, he only hits it to this spot. So let's just move all nine of our players right into that area. Like no one wants to fucking watch that. You know what I mean? We want to see hits. We want to see runs. We want to see home runs. That's what we want to see. So yeah, maybe, maybe that's why what makes baseball weak is the fact that like all the other sports, whenever like you overcompensate or you like throw a wildcat that's successful or, you know, like you play like small ball, there seems to be like at least like an answer to it to where like, if you know, you're getting that exact thing, like you should, it would be nice if baseball players are just like, okay, if the shift is on, like I've taken enough BP to where like, you know, I can go oppo or whatever I need to, to like take that. advantage of that. Look at a baseball term. Look at you going oppo. Look at oppo. you just, just, just going oppo. Yeah, exactly. I was not expecting that. Yeah. My shift was over here. So I think it's about <laughs> football. Then you come dragging it back to baseball. Um, yeah, you know, I think I, I you would think I I got to believe it's a lot harder because I, I got to imagine most guys are <laughs> like, trying to like do it that. hasn't it hasn't come up yet. They're just yeah. like, holy, they listen to this podcast. They're like, holy shit. What an idea. Holy shit. First off, baseball was panicking. Manfred was like, uh oh, email of the mm-hmm. years talking about the Astros again. Yikes. Fucking oh, batting down the hatches. Call our PR. Call our PR. Then seriously, like Barry Bonds is like, fuck, you know what? Why didn't I just hit it to the other <laughs> side where they weren't? Great fucking idea, Brandana. Yeah. Oh, he did go where no fielders were. It's like right back there in the stands. Um, all oh. right, next one. Bust it. Um, what's the bigger disappointment? College basketball's one and done rule or Danny Ainge Boston Celtics stockpile of draft picks? Oh, this is an interesting comparison. I, mean, would- I would almost put the process as a bigger disappointment than Danny Ainge's stockpile of draft picks. Yeah, because Danny Ainge's stockpile of draft picks did turn out to be Jason Tatum and um, uh, Jalen Brown. Now, you could argue like the forever like dangling of the Kings pick that didn't really kind of manifest itself into that draft. Like he just kind of he just held suit, just kind of dangled it over and couldn't find the, the deal to be made. The process, trusting the process, that's a much better disappointment because when you think about it now, and Bede's the only one left over from that. Nerlens Noel, Jaleel Okafor, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Marcus Fold, yeah. Markel Folds. And they just like the only last thing that they flipped for something was James Harden. Like they, yeah. It's just like such a disappointment. Like you have to think that the 76ers have peaked. Like yes. where do they go from here? I, 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 I I think this is it. I mean, yeah. first or second round. Now they have an albatross of 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 Harden. Like, what are we going to do this, with this asset? And uh, you've got Maxi. You know, you spend a ton of money on Tobias Harris. Um, you know, there's there's really like, where are we going? I mean, Tobias Harris. They give a huge contract for it's like, I get it. He's he's a but he's a borderline all star. Like he's not even like a like full like dominant like big three that you can roll out so they've, they've got some issues so i like i like replacing this email with the the process the one and done i mean it's really hard i guess you could you could argue that it's bastardized a lot of the uh the nba but think of all of like the amazing talent that came in that kind of stemmed the tide of like all just high schoolers just going into the league that weren't ready, you know, for every, you know, LeBron James that we think of, or the Kevin Garnett's there's the Corleone Young's there's the, you know, Jonathan Benders, the Darius miles, 
you know what I mean? These guys that were great, but maybe a year in, in college, you know, um, uh, could have helped them out. Martel Webster brings up another name. So, you know, uh, we've had probably more MVPs from the one and dones, right. In, uh, Derek Rose, Kevin Durant, um, uh, I'm trying to think of some other Kyrie Irving. He was an MVP though, but still oh, all-star. He was the finals MVP. No, LeBron was, but he had the, he had a huge shot. It's all right. Either yeah. way, your, your point well taken. And what you're saying, I didn't mean to shit on your point again, no, nieces and nephews. I'm sorry. This is not how this normally goes. <laughs> going to do this exactly. to me in front of my family. Exactly. Exactly. Now I'm thinking about it too much. <laughs> um, but yes, I would say the the one and done's like, it, it it did serve a purpose. It did get a little to what, what you saw then is, is you saw coaches bending to the will of the one and done's right now. It's like, now we just had a fundamental shift in like the way Calipari and Krzyzewski did what they needed to do, which is like, do whatever it takes and just, you know, get these, just, just reload a roster as a freshman and try and roll it out and see what happens. But it's, it's what needed to happen. They're just trying to gather as much talent as possible and get the best guys that they could on the team while they could. So, you know, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. So we're, I mean, so we're going back to that, right. In a couple of years, we're going back to like straight out of, but is it straight out of high school or what's the new college rule with the one and dunce? Um, is it going away or is it, is it still going to be one year removed or is it, is that the thing with, with Bronny? I think it is. Yeah. What's that special draft? Yeah. Yeah. That's the, in two years, 2024, Bronny's going to come into the league and LeBron's going to be trying to play with his son, wherever that is. So I think he will be able to come like, they'll be able to come straight out of high school again. I don't think the one year removed will, will matter as much, but I, yeah. but did they make the change in, in the if you go to college, you have to go to two years now. Drink everybody, I don't remember. Burp, 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 burp. Wait, wait, wait. Some, something's got here's the thing, something fucking changed. Like they're not doing exactly one, what it does anymore. Like could be zero, could be two. Whatever. Oh, but oh, that's what it is. Name, image, and likeness. That's what's gonna be like the hey, we're oh uh, the reason to have that around. yeah. Yeah, you, you we're gonna offer you some money to stick around. So you'll you could play in the G League where no one's gonna see you. There's no gonna be no fanfare, no yeah. adulation from co-eds and make 50 grand or you can make a hundred grand and play for KU and potentially win a national championship and just bolster your brand. Rock chalk, baby. Rock, Rock chalk, chalk, baby. Um, all right, let's do, we, we got time for one more inbox. Who oh, yeah. out here? Maybe two more. Right, we dodgeball. do what we want. Dodgeball. Look at this. Talk about all the sports. Uh, do you have any memory of who was the best dodgeball player you ever played with? Tell us their story. Oh, the best dodgeball player. Yeah. Uh, this kid, Al, Al had a rifle yeah. fucking cannon was super aggressive, like way more like jacked up than you should be for like a, a middle school kid. You know what I mean? Really fucking wanted to, wanted to take you down and, and a young MA, he was barely squeaking over a hundred pounds, you know, five foot, nothing, hundred and nothing pounds just getting, getting rocked by dodgeballs. That's what, that's what I remember. He yeah, he also had the Rex specs. You remember Rex specs? Because he had glasses. <laughs> what are those? The Rex specs are the like the the uh, the, the the glasses lens, right? That wrapped yeah. around like the Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Yeah, Rex okay, specs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he rocked those. 
which for some reason, like seeing that on like a, like a 12 year old just made like up the intimidation factor. I remember after school, my brother and I would play it. He was like, like as a kid, like so much a better athlete than I was. And I remember like he'd throw the ball like so fast. And I just couldn't figure out how to like throw it fast. Like they would like catch everything. I was good at like, I would do anything to avoid the ball. Like I would yes. drop on the ground, like do this. And- you matrix style. Okay. So we, we have, we have time on this pod. I'll tell it real fast. So how I told the story about like the, how the inside of my knees can't touch, how it like makes me sick to my stomach. I feel like this has been brought up before, which is a very okay. like weird admission. Yeah. We've had, we've yeah, had some interesting like sure. shares on this podcast. Yeah. You know what I mean? After, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. like how, yeah. 218 hours, how like 218 divided by. So, I mean, we've been potting for like nine days straight basically is like, yes, is the equivalent right. if you just run it back to back to back. So yes, if I talked to you for nine days straight without sleeping, this knee story would come up, but it's basically like the inside of my knees can't touch. makes me sick to my stomach because while I was playing dodgeball after school, like, like I does way at the ball, like it flew backstage and I went to jump up on the stage and then I banged the inside of my knee on the lip of the stage. And like, I, like, I can't describe, like it wasn't, it was like, like a, like you were tickled, but like tickled with like a sledgehammer. Yes, like I know, I know and this was, pain. Yeah, and it was just like I was like this sick to my stomach, like little <laughs> tears welling up in like my little eyes, and like they're calling for the dodgeball, and you just like from the outside, you're just like, "Where's Brandon?" You just see like the dodgeball fly out because I'm like yeah. back like behind the stage, just laying there like wiping my tears with like the curtain, and that's yes. why like still now just like the slightest touch of the inside of my knees like remind me of just like that weird like tickly like just aching throbbing like pain. Yes, this I think we talked about this because if do you remember my elbow trampoline story? Oh no. Okay, maybe we even talked this. So this reminded this this reminded me. This is I know this pain intimately well because I was at a friend's house that had a trampoline. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like this is middle school age, so like that same, like still trying to be like, and there it was it was mixed. There was girls and boys there. So you're trying to be a little cool you're not really sure why you're trying to be cool and trying to impress the ladies, but you, you, yeah. you are, it's serious. And I was jumping, I was getting some real air. Now I wasn't like a acrobat. I couldn't do flips or any of that cool stuff, but I could get up high in the air. I could get some bounce going. Uh, and for some reason there was a couple people like on it and you know how you could like make it kind of like the trampoline dead. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like I did that, they hit they i hit right there and just as they did it they almost like released the rest of the trampoline as i was like just kind of bottomed out but i was kind of bracing for the fact that like all right well i'm just going to be stopped and my it sent my knees rocketing into my elbow and literally shot a pain through you know when you get your funny bone yeah like shot a pain up through the bottom part of my arm to the point where I was like, I can only, I only imagine it's like what must like, like people that have like a heart attack or a stroke feel like, cause it's like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I no longer have the use of my arm or hand. Right. Like yeah. this hurts so bad. I've never felt anything. It like moved into my ring finger, part of my middle finger. Mm-hmm. And it felt like that for the rest of the afternoon, like so bad, <laughs> like couldn't squeeze anything. So I'm just like, cause at first it hurts. And now it's just like that warm, like, hot kind of it's kind of painful but it's just yeah 
it ain't like right. And, and like the top of your ears are hot too. Cause you're just yes. kind of like, like, you're just kind of thinking about this, but like, how bad is this? Like, did I just like break something? Is it going to be like this for the rest of my life? Mentally, yeah, mentally I'm preparing myself to like now have to write left-handed. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm just like really just thinking about you're, let, you're letting go dreams. Just like, all right, so basketball's off the table. Like exactly. That's done. Exactly. Like, Art's done. It's all over. Uh, I don't know like, what I'm going to do. I'm not going to be able to like swimming pools only waist high from now on. I'm not going to be able to like paddle myself out. Right. My parents aren't letting me watch my left foot, but I think this really be no. inspirational right now. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. Thanks for all those emails. Guys, you got an email for us. Shoot us. MAB sports podcast at gmail.com. Um, Gmail. Okay. So uh, I got that last one. Uh, it may, it may parenting tip from the, from the text thread. <laughs> Um, this Erica has been on the pod before. Got a question for you, bro. She's big, big fan. I would say maybe the number one fan of the parenting tips. So oh, wanted, yeah. Wanted your input directly because you're kind of you're right in the sweet spot, right in the Venn diagram of these two mm. topics. Mm. So, uh, eight year old and ten year old really want to play flag football. Okay. She's wondering what the right call on this is because there's a fear. It's just like, will they want to play like more contact? you know, sports in the future. Like when can you actually like shut off the football? If like, you don't want like your kids actually playing like middle school, like full contact football, like is it setting up for something is saying no now just going to make them want to play more. Like what's, what's your take on this? Great, great question. So that's, that's the fear is, is like, we're afraid that they're going to get hurt or we're afraid that they're going to have like CTE and have to, you know. Yeah. I think that's the long, the longer fear would be like, Cause it seems like right now, this is just like the first step of, you know, like, is it, when do you actually, cause if you're going down this, it feels like you're a little pot committed to like, all right, they can play football. Like, would it be like a conversation now? Like, do you have to figure out what your take is on full contact football or is it like yeah. cross that bridge when we get it? Yeah. I mean, I would say, I would say, I would say cross the bridge while you, you, they come to it because I think like, look, I played football in high school. I also played flag football in middle school. Um, you know, there's, it, there's a lot of value that comes out of like a team sport like that, you know, and I, I would say, and it's very hard. I get it. Like, it's really hard to like, start like forecasting 20 years down the line or even 10 years down the line. Like, uh Oh, like if we do this now. Like, what could this look like? But I would say like, I've been surprised and my kids are younger than, than their kids on, on things that I thought that they were going to be like way into and, and not seemingly show as much interest as, as they did before. So like, um, you know, I, I, I would say like, let's, you know, let's look at it in a couple different ways. Right. So um, first off, like the more sports your kids play, the better like conditioned athletes that they're going to be. So if you want them to have a life in sports, have them play more sports. Uh, yeah, she, said, play, she said they do play basketball and soccer now. Play basketball and soccer. Great. Let them get all sorts of different, you know, sports that under their belt to see what they like. Because if you, there's, I forget the book. It was on the guy with the author was on oh, Ben yeah. Simmons. You know what I'm talking about? And he talked about like any professional athlete. And I don't know that's not the goal, but any professional athlete, they all are multi-sport athletes. Yeah, it's not, all it's play not specialized. Everyone thinks it's like the parents now things that specialize in and just like hone it in. That's not what it is. Yeah. It's just like being able to play all that like unlocks like the athlete, the athleticism. 
yeah and the other thing too is is for like lifelong skills right which is ultimately what sports teaches it's actually like uh it's studied i think in fortune magazine it says like they had an article back in 2014 or 15 that said if you wanted to be successful if you want your kid to be successful in business have them play sports uh the journal of leadership and organizational uh management said that sports was the leading like people that had high traits in like leadership um that worked well on teams that were more confident oftentimes played sports and played a lot of sports and and these are the the team contact sports you know what i'm saying yeah so, i think i think the sports that the sports thing is there like get that like i think it's the concern with the brain like let's say you know commission at like wants to play flag football like you're mm-hmm. green light now like are you crossing them like if it's gets the middle school wants to play contact football are you no yeah. problems like go ahead if- yeah i would say yeah go ahead because i mean First off, they're going to get, you could get brain contusion. You could get CTE playing soccer, right? You can't limit them from taking headers or taking a kick to the face. Uh, Hockey is the same thing. Football has the baddest rap of them all. So it's like one of those things where I would say, like, if they're interested in football, let them play football, especially right now at flag football. They're just going to learn the sport. They're going to learn how to play. They might, they might do flag football and then realize, I don't, kind of like this and football kind of scares me and maybe the contact's a little bit too much you know i definitely was that kid like i'll i'll never forget like my mom did not want me to play uh middle school football i like i said i was 100 pounds you had to be in seventh grade you had to be uh over 100 pounds to play i was barely over 100 pounds to to start uh i ended up breaking my wrist that's the only time that i had a broken bone playing sports i broke my wrist playing football did you really yeah Yeah, Um, and it was one of those things where it was like, yeah, it kind of like put me back a little bit. Like I didn't, you know, playing basketball and things like that was a lot harder, you know, on the, cause I didn't have like the wrist strength that I had, like the fucking, my arm was in a cast, literally like the whole fall, like semester of school. Yeah. So basketball sucked that year too, but it was one of those things where it's like good experience, learned teamwork, like learned got over my fear of like contact i never forget like my dad mr four star was like telling me about you know like you can't let up like you can't run to a guy try and hit him and stop you're you're gonna get hurt you're never gonna get hurt if you keep going and push yourself so i think that there's a little bit of like you know confidence it might be the right word i also think there's like a little bit of like trust in yourself like you're learning to challenge yourself a little bit remove fear from these elements and say, look, like I got to do this. It's either him or me. And I have to do this. Otherwise I will get hurt if I don't. So like, I don't want to get hurt. So let's fucking let's do it. You know what I mean? All right. Yep. Got that Erica. Take it from two guys that broke their wrist playing football. Nothing to worry about. Be exactly. a positive showdown. Bring us to the jam. <laughs> Who asked that question again? <clears throat> Erica. Who? Erica. I don't know. Who, I don't know who you're talking about. Oh, she about. was the. Oh man, dude, I got you, dude. I got you. I was, oh. that was a CTE thing. Uh, <laughs> nice, bro. Nice. nice. Yeah, thanks, bro. Like thanks. a good CTE. Did you see, see who's who's the, who's the actor now? Yeah. Audience. Yeah, just nice. Fucking I was like, brilliant. I'm, I'm gonna have to cut this out. This is now it's staying. <laughs> oh, of course, I would never forget Erica. Yeah, yeah. All right. The talented Erica. Nah. So let's leave it alone. 
Cause we can't see eye to eye There ain't no good guy There ain't no bad guy There's only you and me And we just disagree Neapolitan Showdown, top things about hotel stays. Put this. Oh, I have it down here. Um, you like a good hotel stay, bro. I mean, I like a nice hotel for sure. Yeah, I, lo- I love staying in hotels. I do it all. Do the time. you? Oh, yeah, yeah well, you do. You do a lot more than I do for sure. Yeah, I would be, I would be into that. I'd live in a hotel if I was up to. Kind of really? did. Yeah, like right during that pandemic time, like in like going back and forth to New York, I was in like that Brooklyn hotel, I think for like four weeks. Awesome. Wow. Yeah, it's great. Absolutely lovely. Live just creature hat, like just a little soft, small space. You know me, not a lot of items, small space, keep it clean. Perfect. Nice. Um, um, all right, bro. Number three spot. What do you got? Number three spot. Um, I did just stay in a hotel earlier by myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's the key is the by yourself. Cause normally when I st- stay in hotels, it's with the whole family and it's, compact and congested and there's a lot of shit everywhere so i'm putting myself in that solo dolo headspace where i'm just just me here's the thing that i do like i like and most of the times this happens for me i like having the two beds the two oh, beds is nice whoa this is a hot take you are zagging my friend you i'm like zagging two, yeah you like the two beds what's up what do we do with bed two are we switching every night no no not switching every night one's a one's a sleep bed the other one's a lounge hangout maybe throw some of my shit on top of it i do yeah. maybe maybe i'm eating in that bed because right. fuck <laughs> it why not <laughs> I'll do audition all the shit I normally want to do in a bed, but never have the balls to pull the trigger on. Exactly. And then this test bed over here. Like My test bed. Just... If I make a mess in this bed, so be it. That's that's what that bed. I got for. that other bed. I got yeah. a disposal bed. I'm lousy in beds right now. I right. got a bed to spare. I'm up to here in beds. <laughs> Sometimes I actually do. Like I will use that second bed to just like like lay all my clothes out. Like I'll just yep. kind of drape all my Good clothes move. out right there and just kind of have it. Be able to get up in the morning and see what I want. But I mean, I would rather instead of like having like two double beds or whatever, I just take a Kang. Just give me a Kang bed. Like yeah, a- yeah, here. Well, when you're all in there by yourself, like you really get to that even even that queen size, you get to like really yeah. walk around in that. Yeah. Really feel yourself out. I do find myself much like a creature of habit of sleeping on the same side of the bed that I share with Mrs. Doctor Mrs. The Commish. Where it's like, all right, well, this is my side of the bed, I guess. This is it. <laughs> right. I have to sleep now. <laughs> you cuddle up on the corner of that gigantic bed. Yeah. Um, at my number three spot, I just like you leave the room in the morning, beds disheveled, whatever. Maybe you have like, you know, some of the empty cups from last night, maybe like empty glass there, like some wrappers or something. And then you come back at the end of the day, your bed's made, all that shit's cleaned up. It's just yep. like a reset button each time. Nice. Yeah, it is like nice. It, like at the room clean. Yeah. Like the fresh towels are there. It's hung up. Like you just leave and you come back and never even spot the person. It's just like back, back to square zero. Yeah. Back to a fresh setup today. It's like your own genie in a lab. And he just comes, you. that's your one wish every day. He just cleans up your room, comes through. I like it. I like it. It's a good one. Yes. Cleaning up there. Now, now. Okay. What do you got? Tipping. How does this work? Oh man, this is a great point. I'm gonna be honest and call me a piece of shit. I I don't do it often enough. I get the, yes. here's the thing. Like, I don't either. 
you're not alone in this conversation. I, and also, to too, if you're sitting there going, oh, you got a tip. Fuck you. Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> you don't we're do we're it. We're trying to be honest here. Yeah. Here's, here's the thing. Like, it's hard to tip someone you don't interact with. For sure. So, like, so, you know, like, if I was, like, in the room and they're fucking, like, cleaning around me, like, I get, like, there's some sort of, like, I can, like, it's a reminder, like, I can associate, especially now, like, not having cash when you leave a lot of time or forgetting or, like, what level of hotel or sometimes it's like people didn't reset the room. Like, it's just not a clear thing. Like if it's, you know, you tip a bartender, like you tip like yep. someone cutting your hair, like you tip all these people that you interact with or that you like see, like some, like your barista, like to clean the room. It is a little, unfortunately, like out of sight, out of mind, but For it's sure. also like, I'm like, how many people are we tipping here? Also, like it, it, it is getting into that gray area to me also just like, is this not built into that fucking service fee I'm seeing on the bottom of my hotel? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Here's the thing too. Yeah. Cause I always see, it's like, all right, I see this one chick here that I guess that must be like, she's down my hall the next morning. I see a different person down the hall. So is this just going to be like, are we pulling tips here? Give me a little guidance hotel staff of like what you do. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. I don't want to sit there and Tanya's my girl four out of five days and then fucking, you know, you know, Sonia comes in and you know, now she's, she's, she's soaking up my, my tips. Here's the thing. Like, I feel like if you tell me this when I'm 20 years old, if you just like, if you get the habit ingrained in me, if there's a little sign that says like, like, uh, whatever, like, but like, what would it be? Like, uh, you pull out a, like 5% of your total hotel snipe gratuity per clean, like is appreciated or something like that. Then I get it. Now that I'm older, like, it's just like, get the fuck off me. Yeah, like, yeah Do yeah. not tell me like how to do this. Like quit shaking me down to like, to take care of. Well, first off, everyone is coming at you now. The tip jar is everywhere. Yeah. It's oh, fucking yeah. everywhere. I mean, what's that meme? It's just like, they talk about like the, like the new square thing. And it's just like, Oh, when I see this, all it means is like, I'm tipping for something I used to not tip for. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I always, like I, I re- I had an epiphany. How do we sound so old right now? I know. Right. I had an epiphany when I was doing takeout, I was doing 20%. And I was like, wait a second. No, 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 no. 20% is for all the hustle and bustle that they did. This guy, the host just loaded this food up in here. I'm not going to not tip, Yeah. but I'm not going to even 20% anymore. Yeah. Cause that's when you really start thinking about it. It's just like, all right, well, if I'm, tipping someone then like i should be tipping the cook they're like yeah 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 Yeah. that's That's why you know like some sushi spots i think you're supposed to i think there's a jar up there for the i don't even know what they're called now like the sushi artist i know that's like this thing but it's just like there's the service you get at the table and then you also tip the person like that was cutting the fish i think you do that also i think it's a separate thing i think it's cutting the fish yeah i like that yeah i think there's sushi sushi chefs can't say it but that's what it is. All right. Number I, two. I remember hearing that once. Okay. I didn't talk about this. All. <laughs> I know. We I have know. plenty of elbow room for this, but we got a long yeah. summer ahead of us. We've we do. So We're heading into the, yes. <laughs> the whole podcast. Right. Right. We already, <laughs> we already burned up all of our baseball talk uh, this first week. Uh, give me that hotel bar. I love a hotel bar. Yep. Like, well, no, like I like slash love bars in general, like love, <laughs> right. a love, a airport bar. This is like, this, I wouldn't put it above an airport bar because an airport bar has that feeling of like in between two places that I love. And I guess a hotel kind of has that too, even though like you're there, but I love journeying down. I love, hotel like, bar has more like sanctions of the area that you're in. Airport bar is, it, you are in international waters. Rules yeah. don't apply. Right. I can, yeah, I can eat fucking, I could go to like the, the popcorn place and load up and just at six in the morning and just fucking fire popcorn in my mouth. It doesn't matter. Hotel, you still got to kind of like 
remain in the confines. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, because the airport bar also has a timer on it, right? Because you're catching a flight. So yep. there's something about just like, oh, like I have just the 42 minutes here. I don't mind a little small talk at a like airport bar. Like I love hotel bars. You go down there, usually empty, maybe like one yeah. other just just guy on the road, just, you know, like just humping that road life, like a little conversation with the road down like, <laughs> where you're from. It's, it's like you have two at the bar and you're just like, can I get two more to take upstairs? And then it's just like, it's, it's great. I like this move. Oh yeah. I, have a, I, I like the two for <laughs> yeah, the road. Yeah. yeah sometimes. Well, cause it's just like, you sit there, you don't want to like, just keep racking your brain. Like how, how many more am I going to have down here? Maybe he's trying to close up. I'm the only guy here. So it's like, finish that second beer. And it's just like, can I bring two upstairs? Because nice. it's just like they don't mind, like all that. It's all the same thing. Like you bring this, like a little mini Vegas, yeah, yeah. wherever you want to in the hotel. For sure, yeah, yeah. There is a little Vegas feel to that. I like that. My number two, far less cool, but I love. I get to take as long of a shower as I want. Okay, here it is. I'm letting that hot water run. Doesn't sure. matter. I don't. My name's not on the bill. Yeah, yeah. Are, are you not given this luxury in your day to day, day to day life? Are we no, turning no, no, egg no. timers? With- no, no, okay. it's not an egg timer. It's more just like we gotta go, and I gotta. Yeah. And my day is is you know my morning is hop up, get the kids ready, get breakfast going, make their lunches, which is probably all stuff that I should be doing at night. But I also work in a full day, making yeah, yeah. dinner, all other stuff, dishes laundry all that other stuff at night i don't want to fucking make lunches too so i'm doing it in the morning then you know invariably there's an argument about somebody's clothes and what they're wearing then i gotta hop in the shower dr and mrs commish is she we're tagging in she's going there she was cleaning up now i'm getting cleaned up then it's like oh i could sit in here and hang out and just like let the water wash over me but i know the fucking timer is going there's no faster time in the world then between the hour of, you know, 630 in the morning and 730 in the morning in my household, it goes in the blink of an eye. So now when I am in, you know, uh, you know, the, the paradise of a Radisson Inn, I could sit there <laughs> and just let that fucking soak it in. Let's soak it in and just let myself just sit in there. And I've done, I do it a lot where I'll just stand under the hot water mm-hmm just letting it run over me, just kind of like just beating on my head, not doing anything. It's warm. It's nice. Sometimes I'll kind of like put one little side out where it gets a little chilly and I'll bring it back in. <laughs> the spot. It's fucking nice, dude. I can appreciate what I asked. Sure. I, man, you yeah. make me appreciate, appreciate maybe some things I took for granted, brother. I appreciate. Have you That's ever, good... have you, and nobody's calling. Everyone knows that you, you rock one of the tightest schedules bro everybody knows you dr miss commission jam-packed schedule make yep. it happen make yep. it time to pod love it all have you ever thought about this is how we know like how seriously like you actually want it have you ever debated in your head like what if tomorrow i get up like 20 minutes earlier just to really treat myself to that nice long shower <laughs> you, ever, you ever done this is just like <laughs> it's just a regular day-to-day life like you won't do it but like yeah, in your head, like as you go to bed you're just like Maybe I get up at that five fifteen. Really, just kind of treat myself. Really, yeah. yeah. I get up, just kind of hang. Maybe I'm bringing a fan, even to really heighten that feeling. I just let my arm float out there. I know exactly. Just getting a Yeti cooler, jumping in, getting back out. Yeah, I haven't thought about that. I do. I have been sitting there thinking about getting up early and early, but predominantly it's to walk. uh, Gus, our dog, and then get a jump early. I have wanted to do this where it's like. I, and this is a little bit to your point where it's like before the kids are awake, getting up early enough to then be just 
totally dressed and ready to go. I have found when, when I've done that little impromptu parenting tip in this one, when I, when I'm totally ready to go before they fucking wake up, um, it's everything's smooth. I am like, all right, doesn't matter. Take your time. Cause I'm not trying to race as well too. I'm not trying to get stuff done. It's yeah. always like the hardest when you're trying to get stuff done. And that's when I feel like if, if there's ever, if, if there's ever going to be yelling session, that's the time. Yeah. You're being proactive as opposed to reactive. Like same yep. thing. It's like with LA, like with not the exact same thing, obviously, but just <laughs> right, like right. getting New York emails. Like I try to get up at, you know, like eight o'clock their time. Cause if I get up at you know, like eight o'clock here, it's like 11 o'clock in New York. And it's just like, that's, that's, yep. you feel like you're catching up all day. Um, all right, bro. Going to the top spot. It's pretty close. To be honest, it's really close. Very tight. Just me taking my leisure time and you just like <laughs> appreciate some alone time. So it's, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got to put you in the front spot right now. All right. My number one spot is, uh, well, let's do it. How do you check out a hotel? Let's cover this real fast. Um, well, a lot of, I mean, do you have a system down and do you? No, you I don't have a system into, down. Okay. I don't, I don't have a system down. I mean, obviously you got to like settle up, right? Don't do you? A lot of times that my hotel stays are paid for. So I just have to put the card down and I just walk out and leave. Yeah, I used to I used to walk out and leave, but now I like to get the bill and review it. Man, I'm getting old, bro. Getting I old. like this side of you. <laughs> I, I like I this. It it happened like out of the blue, like a year and a half ago. Just one time I got up and I was just like, I'm gonna go to the front desk. I'd like to see that bill. And I caught something on the bill that like I didn't order. <sighs> what so a fucking fist like, pump moment. Now <laughs> I'm obsessed. I took that seven dollars from those two diet cokes I didn't order, got a corona. Okay, number one spot. Um, I love how dark and cold it gets that's my number one spot like nothing like your real life bedroom like you just can't mimic like these hotel rooms are built to be freezing cold and let zero light in and it's just like it's being like in a like sensory deprivation chamber like it's absolutely perfect it's it's great sleep you're right it is good sleep i do like this i do like you can control the temperature Mm -hmm. i i i feel like i'm i'm forever frustrated with like how the blinds don't overlap and there gets a little Ooh. hint I've right done that scene yeah something like that that's always that that and maybe that's just a me thing just mentally not willing to let it go uh and i've got two beds maybe i could have repositioned the beds so i don't see them <laughs> you know you're still, I mean? you're still eating in bed number two exactly still eating in disposable bed Move disposable bed. yeah exactly um for me mine's very similar in your number one mine is just the overall theme which is it is me time in that room yeah i get to watch whatever tv i want mm-hmm. right shows or whatever i want temperature whatever i want it can be as cold yeah. as i want i'm walking around naked mm-hmm. it's happening see that coming yeah oh yeah really? you saw is that, that speech or are you really are you really doing that you're really walking around naked i'm fucking full-on aaron andrews in that room it's, <laughs> if someone sorry sorry kids no i am naked a lot or just in my underwear right just walking around flopping around you know what i mean no t-shirts whatever i want Uh, okay so when you get to hotel room you're living your best life that is you time and this neapolitan showdown has been ma time victory goes to you brother um all right guys it may be sports podcast episode 219 watch you just an email you know what it is. I'll quiz you. Say it out loud right now. Say it with me. 
mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. Great. Hit that inbox. Um, all right, real fast MVP of the weeks. I got Steph Curry again. This might put him at the top spot for MVPs. I like I've never 180'd more on a guy in four years than this. Like couldn't stand him. The mouthpiece thing still bugs me, but he's earned it if you shoot that free throw percentage. I just like his dancing. You can just tell like he loves that crowd. He loves the game. He loves and his shot is just so pure. That's my MVP this week. He looked, I just like after he hit that one with that kind of that errant pass and he got the ball back and he just did that little shimmy. Like it's, it just Mm. wasn't a cocky shimmy to me. It was just like someone that's like just enjoying playoff basketball. I loved it. Yeah. That was like as lethal of a Steph Curry play. Cause I, cause that was when he got it right back, knocked down a three. And that's just like, that is, that's the funnest part of basketball to me is like, the impromptu nature. And I almost felt like that shimmy was just like an acknowledgement of like, holy shit. Like that was fucking, that was sweet. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, he's enjoying it. Enjoying yes. it. Yes, exactly. You know what I mean? And I do love, I do love when guys genuinely enjoy those moments of just like, we're so fucking interconnected in our, like the way we see things. There's a, there's like a, like an art form to it. Like there's a synergy where they just feel the energy of each other. And uh, yeah, that was great. I, I love that moment. That was really good. Uh, my my uh, MVP is going to be, I'm going to go with the head coach of Texas A&M. I'm going to go with Jimbo Fisher. I don't know if you uh-huh. saw this where he fucking clapped back on Mr. Nick Saban, the old ball coach there for, for Alabama. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really liked it. I like it because he kind of just, he took the, he took the, uh, the guard off like he was really like fuck it you know Saban's chirping he's talking a lot of shit saying we bought our players which I mean Jimbo you know let's be fair but (laughs) at the same token it's like look if you want to call out the practices I think also what really got him pissed pissed off is he was talking about Jacksonville State's Travis Hunter who allegedly got a huge bag to go to Dion's uh Dion school uh I, I, I think that that's what really kind of draw the eye. It's like, look, this is the rules now. Yeah. This is what it is. I know you don't like it. I also know that you don't fucking like the fact that Texas A&M has a bigger war chest than Alabama does. And I know you're making, you're feeling nervous about that. I also know he's probably super concerned with the lack of leverage he has now with players because guess what? Now players are getting paid. It's a little less, uh, you know, leverage for him to kind of motivate his players. And maybe it's going to chip away at this, like, you know, legacy. That's like, eh, maybe, it, maybe it should be a shared legacy. Maybe it should be a little bit. Uh, I, it's unfair for me to say this, but he's been very complimentary of his players, but he also like, you know, really fucking puts him through the grind too. Yeah. And you can just tell like, it's a little sour grapes, just the way he phrases it, like paying players, you know, it's just kind of like, that used to mean something else for so long in college yep. football. And it's kind of not what it means anymore, but to use that is like, you're obviously like trying to dig. So it just looks like, yeah, I'm, I'd like to see, I, I like to see people, you know, stand it up to them a little bit. I mean, yeah, yeah. Act like you're all, all October here. 8th, put it in your fucking calendars. Mark it down. Bama, we'll Texas it. We will be talking about it. Absolutely. Coverage. Guys, thanks for listening. It's been MAB sports podcast episode two. One nine. I am Brandana. Why don't you sign yourself off? Most awesome. Family members of Brandana, hear me out. Uh, 
I want to know what your thoughts are on the favorite sign-off. Have you really been listening? Let us know. Shoot us an email, mabsports at gmail.com. Runway, style, fame, she likes fashion. Oh.